Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Purpose Podcast. My name is Haas Rauscher. The goal of this podcast is to help men find and fulfill their purpose. It's going to help them be good, strong leaders, good, strong men, good male role models in their communities. I'm going to do that by having conversations. I'm going to invite guests on. I'm going to ask our guests, what is your purpose? What do you think your purpose ought to be? How did you find that purpose? And what do you do every single day? How do you get up, get after it, and go and fulfill that purpose? Uh, Today we have a solo episode. Um, I figured it was only right uh, and thorough to discuss um, some more of the weight loss stuff. I have said it very passionately, and I mean it. I'm not going to become some sort of a nutrition coach or weight loss coach, uh, fitness guru, uh, especially not a a social media uh, poster of fitness. Not that I have any issues with those people. Uh, those people literally social media and YouTube helped pull me out of uh, one of the deeper holes that I've ever been in uh, with my weight. But uh, that's exactly why is I have a lot of respect for those people and uh, they do it really well. I'll give you all my references. But uh, it's not something that um, I really want to do, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, and I think it's really cliche, especially in, you know, current social media days for people to, uh, lose a hundred pounds or something like that. And then just, uh, immediately be like, I'm a coach now, um, because they see that there's some money in it. Or I do think I don't want to, uh, attribute malice where there might not be any, they, they genuinely probably want to help people. Um, but regardless, uh, this is not going to become a nutrition channel, I promise uh, not going to become a, a weight loss channel. Uh, but I do think it is important. And I, at the very least want to be thorough and make sure that I don't just leave you kind of like last episode with a, uh, with, um, an incomplete, uh, accounting of how I did, uh, what I did losing weight. Uh, and there's some actual value. I think that I'm about to present, um, in terms of nutrition, this, this week is going to be uh, nutrition, but specifically tracking. I think there's a lot of tips and tricks that I learned tracking that I see a lot of people not doing, uh, that either makes it more difficult or makes it not stick for people. Uh, and and frankly, that people don't really understand, uh, the science behind it or mathematics behind it. Um, and it keeps them from, from doing that and having freedom, I suppose, uh, by using the tracking system. And then they end up buying programs, which uh, I'll, I'll get to this, but uh, I have no problem with, but they end up buying programs that uh, break down the tracking and uh, use, I think Weight Watchers does this to where it's like, oh, this is a zero point meal. Um, they use a, a graduated point system to basically uh, track macros is kind of what I've seen, um, which is fine. And for some people it's simple and it works and there's nothing against it. Excuse me. Um, there's really nothing. I have nothing against it at all. If, if it's what's getting you healthy and, and per my last episode, as long as you're doing more and eating less, I mean, they're, they're putting you in a calorie deficit. Uh, they're counting your macros and you're paying them to not have to do the counting and the prep. I'm perfectly okay with this. Uh, I do think that it, a lot of times they don't actually explain the back end of what they're doing. Uh, probably because people would realize that they could do it themselves. Um, but that does lead to a lot of people thinking like, this is the only way it can be done. 
um, which is not true. So, for example, I don't, I, I didn't really do any research on Weight Watchers, so I don't want to hit them too heavy because um, I don't know if this is exactly how, how that works. But uh, you'll have some program that says, you know, we're going to make you your own personalized uh, program or in some way they'll take some sort of metrics on you and guaranteed this is what they're doing unless they're just so sold on like carnivore or uh you know more of the the qualitative um aspects of a diet versus the quantitative um if they're looking more from a like a nutrient standpoint or something uh but most of the time they'll say okay we're going to give you this personalized solution and they'll take it on the back end they calculate your macros they say okay this person is uh, 35, they're 260 pounds. Uh, they want to lose weight or, uh, that, you know, they want to lose 30 pounds. Let's say they want to get down to 200. They'll run that equation and they'll say, uh, we're going to generate them meals that give them this much protein, uh, this much carbs, this many fats, um, or they'll take common foods. I think this is again, what other, what other weight loss, uh, programs do is they'll take common foods like ice cream and they'll attribute it a certain weight um, based on the macros. So um, if you have this many units of ice cream, it's worth this many points or uh, you get, it, it takes out so many of your allowable points per day or something. I don't, like I said, I don't know exactly how these work, but I've, I've heard vague similarities um, or uh, I, I have seen some to where they'll say, okay, uh, you can eat almost whatever you want. They'll give you some guidelines for like one meal out of the day. They'll say it needs to be this, 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 and this. It'll have uh, some sort of leafy green in it, you know, high protein and some sort of kind of low carb. Um, but basically, you can eat whatever you want that day. But for the rest of the day, you're going to eat what we tell you to eat. And basically, what they're doing is they're they're kind of hedging that you're not going to binge on that one meal by giving you those rules. It needs to have some leafy greens in it. It needs to be a little bit higher protein. Um, and so they're hedging that, you know, that meal is going to be around probably less than about 900 calories. And then they're giving you the rest of the stuff to eat to make sure that you're not overeating uh, throughout the rest of the day. So they're going to give you, they're going to provide you, let's say a thousand calories throughout the rest of the day through their pre-planned program, um, shakes, whatever, whatever it might be. And then they give you the, the, the freedom to eat a meal. It's kind of whatever you want without having to worry about tracking it just with some simple guidelines, leafy greens, protein, um, maybe some simple carbs, something like that. Uh, and, and the majority of the time <laughs> what they're doing, unless it's again, unless it's something like carnivore or keto or, or whatever the case. But if, if the goal is weight loss, if it's not some sort of lifestyle choice like vegetarian or vegan or whatever, uh, if the goal is weight loss, um, the program is going to put you in one way or another into a calorie deficit. Um, you know, keto, for example, I don't exactly know all the science behind keto, but uh, I firmly believe that the most reason the people, the reason that most people lose weight on keto is because they're just cutting out carbs um, and carbs are pretty calorie dense without uh, giving you, without fulfilling your hunger. So most of the programs do this. Uh, the way that people lose weight without some of these programs generally is by uh, also playing with the same equation, the do more, eat less equation. Um, they're somehow, however they get to it. And I talked a little, bit, a little bit about this in the last episode, whether it's like an exclusionary diet, which I've done before, uh, whether it's tracking macros or, uh, portion sizes in some way or another, they're, they're coming to 
some form of diet that gets them into a calorie deficit with a certain combination of proteins, fats, and carbs. Um, and this is the reason that this is the reason that they all work is because uh, calorie deficit is king if you're going to be losing fat. Um, and you can get to a calorie deficit eating just carbs and fat, eating just uh, protein, eating just protein, carbs, and fat, all three of them. Um, now, that's to set aside other you know, issues that you might have if you go just carnivore or just vegetarian, not ever eat any protein. There are other issues that come with that. But if we're talking about just simply fat loss, everything that I've seen and heard um, comes down to creating that calorie deficit deficit in some way, form or fashion. And then there's kind of the added on modifier of uh, making sure that you're not hungry because the what will really ruin your calorie deficit is if you get hungry. And that's how we come to uh, foods like protein and leafy greens, and I'll get it more into this, but uh, because they they stop your hunger uh, with less amount of calories. So, for example, if you were to eat um, a thousand calories worth of spinach, you just wouldn't be able to do that in one sitting. It is so much food; your stomach would be full of spinach. Uh, whereas a thousand calories worth of carbs and fats is like three pieces of pizza, um, and people eat that all the time. So, or like one steak is almost like one ribeye with butter and all of that stuff, almost a thousand calories. 16 ounces of beef is, is pretty close. I think 16 ounces of beef is, is close to eight to 900 calories. Um, and I can destroy a steak with a baked potato and a salad to go with it. Um, so a lot of diets, almost every diet is going to be based off of this, um, creating a calorie deficit through certain macros and then choosing those macros uh, by what makes you hungry or is more satiating, which I think is the, uh, satiating. Is that an adverb? Uh, yeah, I think that is called an adverb, but for, for satisfied. So what actually satisfies your hunger? So, uh, most diets are going to be in this realm. Now you can do this yourself, which is what I have done. I have not bought into, well, let me say this before. Let me think about this before I say this. Um, I, I don't think I have, I have not bought into any, uh, diet plan to lose my weight. I've used some things before, but, um, I've never gotten into something and I don't want to name them because I'd think that they work and I don't want to give them a negative connotation. Uh, but any, any one of them that you can choose, I've already named like Weight Watchers or, uh, Marable Life might be one, but any, any of these total diet programs that are kind of a complete overhaul, uh, Adkins is another one. I think almost all of them work. And if you do them correctly, they probably do work. Um, I have no doubt I've seen them work, um, but they do it you modifying these formulas and using these principles. Um, so the way to get around that and the way to get around spending money on that, or uh, for me, honestly, the, the, the one problem I do see with those, with those programs is they're not explaining the back end and getting people actually invested uh, and, and, and knowledgeable about what they're doing with their nutrition. They know that, that when they get on Weight Watchers, they lose weight. Um, they don't actually know the, the back end of what they're eating. It's kind of, you know, and to a certain extent, that's okay. Uh, as long as people, when they need to lose weight, will get back on the program. Um, but they don't actually give people the investment and the knowledge behind what they're eating they just know that when they get on weight watchers they lose weight uh, and you know they may make uh observations like well 
on Weight Watchers, um, I I lost more weight when I and I I, keep, I don't want to harp on Weight Watchers. I hope I don't end up with a lawsuit or something. Nobody's listening to this. Hopefully, um, but they say, well, when I get on uh, this program, I eat less ice cream and eat less fatty foods. Don't eat as much cheese and don't eat as much bread. Bread must be the problem. Or keto, they'll say, well, when I was on keto and the rules are simple, you only eat meat and cheese, no carbs or something like that, or minimal carbs. Um, I lost weight, so carbs are making everybody fat. Uh, nobody really, that, that's kind of the danger with these programs. Um, you can utilize them all you want. I know that when I've lost the most weight, I would probably, you know, when I did my my weight loss challenge uh, back in October, um, you know, October through, uh, November, um, I was probably, uh, I, I was really close to what most people probably consider keto. I, I would, I would be willing to bet there, there are people that go into actual ketosis and these are like scientists that know what it means and, uh, they don't eat like hardly like any carbs or something like that. Um, but I would, I would be willing to bet that most people who consider themselves quote unquote keto, I was probably eating more quote unquote keto uh, than what they did. Um, and the reason is because the most carb or the most, uh, calorie dense foods that I was willing to live without were carbs. So for example, I could cut out pasta or bread. I was willing to cut that out a lot quicker than I was willing to cut out, um, fats and I had to keep my proteins high. So fats are probably the most calorie dense for, for volume or weight, but I, I like, I just, I like fatty foods. I like my butter. I like my cheese. Um, all of my meat is mostly fat. I don't, I don't eat just a whole lot of fish. I do eat a lot of chicken, but, uh, my staple meats are beef, pork, you know, um, sausage, those kind of things. And I didn't want to give up my fat. So I ended up probably living very keto, uh, to be honest with you. Like, like I said, not true keto. And that's why I don't call it keto is because I think true keto has a different meaning than what 90% of people who think they're eating keto actually do. I think Ketosis is something very different than what most people, most people treat it as in like, oh, I can eat bacon and cheese. I just can't eat the biscuit. Um, yes and no, I think, but I'm not going to, I'm going to quit talking about things that I don't fully understand. Um, but anyway, tracking my food was a very important component of me being able to actually know what I'm putting in my body, what is okay to put in my body. And to be honest with you, it was better in uh kind of giving me um giving me the ability to understand how certain meals were going to affect uh for, affect my body and how certain meals were going to play into my weight loss role uh certain days holidays christmas thanksgiving um knowledge i think is power in this uh in this scenario when you're trying to lose weight knowing more about weight loss and knowing more about the foods that you're eating uh, is power. It's not to say that you can't lose weight without, without doing this. So I'll quit rambling a little bit. Um, we're going to go specifically into, into food tracking with some general nutrition notes. Um, you know, the first thing that, that we have to kind of touch on, and I probably did touch on this last week. I should have listened to last week's episode in preparation for this, but y'all know how awful I am at, at preparation. Um, one thing that that is very important is that uh, I I don't believe that you can. I think physical fitness is is the prime. I don't think you can have one without the other. If you're going to lose weight, I don't think you can just do you know 
physical fitness, I don't think you can just do diet. I think it has to be one or the other. I think you can heavily weight one side of the equation. So the equation is uh, do more, eat less. I think you can eat way, 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 way less and not do as much. But I still think that if you want lifelong uh, mental change as far as why you why you gain the weight, I, I said in the last part, in the last problem or in the last crap episode uh, that you have physical symptoms of a mental problem um, if you're overweight. And I, I believe that. Um, if you really want to solve the problem, I think it is a two pronged approach, but nutrition is still incredibly important. Uh, that, that self-control issue with nutrition, uh, is, is incredibly important. So, um, though I don't believe that you can do one without the other, uh, it's almost like they're, they're equally, I think they are equally important. And, uh, so let's, let's talk a little bit about nutrition. Let's talk about where I started since I'm speaking mostly from experience. Well, first, let me get you you my references. Uh, Lane Norton, let's see for nutrition. Lane Norton is probably the biggest one for nutrition. I don't know that I've, I've gotten more, uh, out of anybody else for nutrition. Um, Dr. Andy Galpin with Andrew Huberman, they did a really good podcast on, I would say it was more in the physical fitness realm, but especially for fat loss, um, the fat loss portion of it, uh, was pretty nutrition heavy. And the, the, the lesson that you learned there, uh, very much so was calorie deficit is king when you're trying to lose fat. And, uh, if you want to lose fat, that's the only way is through a calorie deficit. Now there were some good tips on why high protein is important, but anyway, Andy Galpin on the Huberman lab podcast. And then Jeff Nippard uh, is also a really good resource for YouTube nutrition science. I can't think of anybody else really. I'm sure there are are some. Oh, uh, Will Tennyson is also pretty good. He's really funny. Um, He's kind of more of a funny fitness YouTuber, but there are a couple different of his uh, videos, especially, I think he actually has a cookbook out now um, that gives you like quote unquote anabolic meals um, that you can, that you can cook with, with good macros in them. Uh, So Will Tennyson, Lane Norton, and uh, Jeff Nippard, there are other people, um, but I don't know that they're just exactly worth mentioning. Um, right now I do know some local nutrition coaches that are awesome, uh, as well. And if you need any of those, uh, hit me up. So let's start with this. It, uh, setting aside all of the mental, well, I'm going to preface this with, if you're not, hmm, how do I, how do I approach this? This is going to be difficult. Okay. Um, if you, if you came here looking for a solution or maybe you're not, uh, Maybe you're not in need of a weight loss solution. I still think you should listen to this because it's going to give you tips. And eventually when you are in need, you're going to remember some of these things. But um, this is going to be difficult. And I'm going to get really in-depth in what I'm talking about. And a lot of people, uh, now jokes are jokes. So if you're listening to this and you've given me hell about how uh, how in detail I am on nutrition, I'm not, I'm not offended. Um, it, it doesn't bother me. Um, a lot of people will give me crap because I, you know, have a scale and all that stuff, um, and, and call me a nerd about nutrition. And it's funny. I mean, it is funny. Um, so I don't, I don't have any problem with the jokes, but there is uh, a little bit of honesty there in in the fact that people, uh, really hear how in depth that, that I get in this and it's a little bit too much for them. Um, I will tell you that a lot of times what, 
you either have to be a nerd and be really interested um, in some of this nutrition stuff, or you have to be very, very desperate to make a change. Um, and neither of those are bad. So I know people who have been healthy for all their life and uh, they were really interested in nutrition. They want, they wanted to understand it. They really liked it. Um, maybe they were desperate for a little bit of a change, but very, very uh, interested in optimizing the human body and optimizing nutrition. And so they got into it and they learned a whole lot of it. Um, that's one way to get really, really into uh, nutrition or, or something healthy. The other way is to be at a, such a point in desperation in, in your life that you're willing to do anything to see the, the results that you want to see. And that's where I was at. Um, now, I'm the kind of person that when I do get interested into something, uh, one thing that I can credit my dad for is that if you're going to do something, be the best at it. Um, you know, whatever you do, try your best, uh, be the best at it. And so uh, for me, it's never really good enough to only halfway do something if I know there's a better way to do it. Um, so there was a little bit of that of when I got into the nutrition, I wanted to do it well. And I like being, you know, quote unquote, an expert on things like I, I like the pursuit of, of complete knowledge, uh, mastery of a certain topic. But for me, I would have never even thought about tracking everything that I ate if I wasn't at such a point of desperation of needing to change my life to do so. Um, because it is tedious and because it is very difficult. Um, so I, I say all that to, to say this, that, um, if you're about to embark on a quote unquote nutrition journey or weight loss journey, um, understand, I, I don't want to say this to dissuade you to say that you've got to hit rock bottom before you're willing to do this. Um, I actually think it's the opposite. Um, I think that that should push you even harder to do it is because most people that I see, uh, they're not willing to take this seriously until they have hit rock bottom. Um, that, especially the case for myself. And so if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't want to listen to, I mean, Lord only knows how long this, episode, this is probably gonna be a two hour episode. I'm at 20 minutes and I haven't even gotten into tracking. Uh, and I'm really nerdy about it, really nerdy about it. So, um, there may be a few of you that are like, I don't want to listen to this dude talk about his stupid ass app and nutrition, um, for the next two hours. And that's fine. I completely understand that. Uh, but do know that I'm coming of a place coming from a place of I've been to rock bottom. And when I got to rock bottom, um, I had to go through all of these. Uh, I had to learn all of these things while being fat. Um, I had to learn all of these things while in the middle of a fight to to change my life. Um, and uh, how, do, how do I put this? Um, I was always wishing like, why didn't I ever seek to understand this information sooner? Um, why didn't I ever want to learn about my nutrition sooner? Um, why didn't, and to be honest with you, you don't want to blame other people around you. You really don't. And and I don't think I ever fully got to that point, but it was like, why did nobody tell me about this? Like, um, why did nobody in, invest the time? And, and a lot of people don't know. And there's a thousand different reasons and it's it's not their blame, but I was always very frustrated with, why didn't somebody sit me down and tell me how hard this was going to be um, when I actually got to this point? And to be honest with you, to be completely honest with you, I was probably so arrogant that I wouldn't have listened anyway. Um, and there was a couple of people that, that really did try, you know. Um, I think of one, Colby Roach, who um, he he tried to help me out. And, and I'd asked him, um, and we were both really busy dudes, but um, he had kind of tried to help me out. He started me on this path, and I just was not ready to listen. Um, so again, to talk a little bit about the the mentality and the philosophy, 
I'm going to, I'm going to talk a lot today about this and it's going to get very in depth. Um, but if you even think that you're kind of heading down the wrong path where, when it comes to, uh, weight gain or bad nutrition habits, I, I urge you, I urge you very strongly, uh, to, if you if, don't, don't, if you don't want to hear me talk for two hours, that's fine. I just mentioned all the guys that I listen to. Uh, honestly, I would much rather you spend those two hours, uh, going and listening to Lane Norton, uh, and Jeff Nippard, but I think it, it hits a little bit different coming from somebody that you might know. Um, so I, I just, I really implore you to, to take this seriously. Um, because when you do finally make that realization, um, that, Hey, some things might need to change. It's probably way, way, way too late. Uh, not too late. It's, it's never too late, but it's probably way, way, way later than when you look back and you say, man, I wish I would have changed that for the good. Like, for example, when I went to college, I really wasn't that bad. Um, I had gained some weight, but part of me says, man, I wish I would have used that fresh start to get in the gym. You know, Dalen wasn't even, we weren't even living together for six months. I just think about the, not the damage that I could have done, not damage, but the the progress that I could have made in six months if I would have just known all of this, given a, given a shit, honestly, um, don't mean to cuss too much, but, and, and gotten into the gym and gotten my nutrition right. So don't be that guy. Don't, don't shrug this episode off and say, I don't need to hear any of this. Um, or I, I don't need to worry about this stuff because I'm only 20 pounds overweight. Um, don't get to rock bottom before you start caring because it really, really does suck uh, to have to claw your way back from rock bottom. And you're really going to be very frustrated with yourself for, um, not taking the opportunity to listen, uh, and to correct your behavior when it would have been a lot easier. I promise you easing, losing 40 pounds is much easier than losing a hundred. Um, I, multiple times I've lost 40 pounds. I, you know, I've lost a hundred. So at least twice I've lost 40 pounds, uh, plus another half. If you think losing 40 pounds is hard, I've done it two and a half times. It's not to hype myself up. It's just to tell you that you don't want to have to lose a hundred. So, um, I guess on my soapbox, stepping down from the large soapbox to a smaller soapbox, uh, listen up, pay attention. Um, and that's why I'm going to put so much effort into, uh, into this. So with that being said, um, tracking nutrition without getting too out of my space into the science of it. Um, my rudimentary knowledge of the science is that, uh, you know, food is made up of nutrients. Okay. It's all made up of atoms. It's, it's carbon in one form or another, uh, different, different micro and macro nutrients. You've, you've heard about all of them. There's fiber, there's sodium, potassium, um, sugars, surclose, fructose, fructose, surclose, fructose, glucose, yada, yada, yada. Okay. Um, when it gets down to fat loss, um, when it gets down to fat loss, what we're, what we're concerned about primarily is going to be calorie intake. Um, calorie intake. And because we're concerned about calorie intake and creating a calorie deficit, we now have to, um, because we're concerned about calorie deficit. Uh, well, how do I, how do I put this? Uh, what is a calorie? How do you, how do you get your calorie intake from your food? Well, a calorie is simply a unit of energy. So when you say this food has this many calories, I hope I'm saying this correctly. Uh, maybe my science brain has dipped out for this episode, but Calories is is a unit of energy. So when you say that uh, one gram of protein has uh, one gram of protein has like four 
uh, calories in it, which means that you get four units of energy from that one gram of protein. And there's a biological process that mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. It turns it into ADP or ATP, one of the two, and then it breaks it all apart and yada, yada, yada. You get, you know, heat from that and makes your muscles move. Okay, not a physiologist. Literally, this is described by Andy Galpin in the Huberman episodes. Go listen to them. Um, but your foods contain a certain amount of calories. Now, your foods also contain a certain amount of, of different nutrients, and maybe that's where I've started. Uh, they're called macronutrients because almost every food uh, contains these in one form or another. It's going to be protein, carbohydrates, and fats. Uh, very, very rarely. I mean, the other thing is like fiber, I think, and, and like other assorted nutrients, but almost all the foods that you're going to eat, speaking way out of my area of expertise, uh, is going to be comprised of these three things. Well, let me put it this way. Um, if it has calories, anytime I put it into my food tracker, if it has calories, it has one of those three things. Um, because, and I believe that that's because the only way that your body can absorb those calories is probably through uh, those three different molecules. So it's either through protein, through carbohydrates, or through fats. So the only way that your body can, pro even if it, I don't think it would have any other form of energy, um, but the only way your body could process it anyway was either through those proteins, those carbs, and those fats. Um, so that's what counts. So again, to speak more clearly, I think that what it is, is even if your food had other like sources of energy that you could break down, um, it's got to be one of those three things to, um, for your body to actually process it. Could be wrong, uh, maybe alcohol. I don't. I don't know. I really don't know. Um, but that's what we're tracking. Uh, and the reason that we use protein, carbs, and fats is because almost all the foods that you eat are going to be some sort of combination of the three. Uh, and then through those through those different macronutrients, uh, we can calculate how many calories you've just uh, you've just eaten. So um, that's why when somebody says, are you tracking your macros? That's what they mean. And again, some of these other diet programs, they do this through a different fashion. They say they'll, they'll prescribe to you certain amounts of foods. So let's say instead of, um, let's say instead of uh, tracking protein, fats, and carbs, we've already talked about this. Uh, you get a certain amount of meat, whatever it might be, meat, broad, broad label meat, and you get a certain amount of dairy, broad label dairy uh you know look at the food pyramid uh you get a certain amount of carbs broad label carbs um and they they throw these categories they throw these foods in here that um that fall within these certain categories so for example uh well you i mean you've seen the food pyramid i mean i could pull it up right now but you see the food pyramid it's like steaks and chicken and and fish and all that stuff and the protein and yada 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 um a lot of workout or not workout diet programs will use that kind of model and they give you, I guess, qualitative, um, they give you a, a qualitative way to track the quantitative um, metric of macros. So protein, fats, and carbs. So you say, oh, this is a meat. This looks like meat. I know this to be meat. It's on my list of meats. Uh, I can eat this, this much meat, or I can eat, you know, a fist size portion of meat. Um, they're making it very, very easy um, for you to they're making it not even easy. They're making a very simple way uh, for you to track a very uh, not simple uh, formula for these macros. So 
that's kind of an explanation of a, a very poor explanation. Again, go listen to these other people. Uh, but that's a very poor explanation of, of what we're doing when we're tracking our food. Uh, so if we were to, um, yeah, so that's what we're doing. I'm going to get out of my, uh, severe deficit of knowledge of science and, and move into, uh, the more tactical application of, of, of tracking. Um, first we're going to define a goal. So a lot of people might disagree with me on this. And if you're a nutrition coach, um, that's, that's fine. Um, because nutrition coaches do this differently. Um, I'm kind of giving you the, uh, you don't have to go to a nutrition coach, um, version of learning how to track your food. And I'll tell you what I mean here in a second, but first we're going to define our goal. Do we want to gain weight? Do we want to lose weight? Do we want to maintain weight? Do we want to gain muscle and lose fat? Uh, cause a lot of people believe that you can do that nowadays. And I, I think you can, uh, not necessarily to the extent that some people believe that you can. I don't, I don't think that's true from what I've seen and heard. Uh, let me put it this way to gain muscle and lose fat is not the best way to do either of them. <laughs> so for it to do it at the same time is not the best way to do either of those things alone. Um, and I think that's pretty obvious, but, uh, define your goal. So, uh, the reason I say to define a goal first is because I think the best apps, um, the best apps that are available to you, um, need you to define a goal first. So, um, we'll talk about the app that I'm, that I, that I recommend here in a second, but they need you to define a goal first because they work based on mathematic formulas, um, that take in your, your height, your weight, uh, your, your amount of exercise, uh, they take that into account and they, uh, prescribe to you the, the macros and the calories and, and the nutrients that you need to be eating on a daily basis before you start tracking. Um, which is yes. Um, again, I'll talk about what the nutrition coaches say here in a second, but you have to have a goal. Um, and even if your goal is to just under, so let me put it this way. If your goal is just to understand what you're eating, to, to track what you're eating and to know where you're at, um, let's say you don't know that you want to lose weight yet. You don't know that you want to gain weight yet, uh, gain muscle. If you just want to know then at the very least, your goal needs to be to maintain. So that's kind of an easy out of, if you get into one of these apps and they say, define your goal, well, I want to maintain. Most of them have an option to, to maintain your, your calories. And then you can go back in. If you want to gain muscle, lose fat, you can change that. So define your goal. Is it going to be to maintain? Is it going to be to lose weight? Is it going to be to quote unquote recomp? Again, I'm not sold. I'm not a researcher. A lot of people, I, I myself have gained muscle while losing fat. Um, but this, I'll actually put this probably in the exercise portion of it. Um, if your goal is to lose fat and you lean heavily on the do more, um, side of the equation, you're going to naturally have a lot of newbie gains. Um, but the idea of actual like recomping of, oh yeah, I'm going to gain 20 pounds of muscle and lose 10 pounds of fat, uh, whatever it might be or, or equal the equal trade-off I don't think is true. Uh, and like I said, it's not the best way to do either of them. Um, it, it's really not. Um, so you go in there and you say, maintain, you give them all your metrics. Uh, you get a, get a good scale, um, like a good body scale. Uh, and then you put all of that in there, your height, um, and define your goal in the app. So Next thing is you need to start with a really good tracker. Um, don't 
try look look okay um a lot of people are i i'm the same way i tried the free ones and i don't want to tell you that you have to pay um for an app in my experience you get what you pay for in these apps most of the time um they used to be from what it sounds like used to you could get a pretty damn good tracker uh for free you could get a really decent tracker for free so like my fitness pal was like the pinnacle back in the day um it was free uh you could go in there you could still scan your barcode um you could get i don't think they i don't know if they had like the algorithmic um coaching feature like some of these have uh but it was free it's been a long time since I've used the free version of MyFitnessPal. I did not like it at all. Uh, their database wasn't as big. Half the things that I tried to scan with my barcode scanner didn't work. Uh, it wasn't quite as user-friendly. I haven't used it in a long time. Um, but I have I have used every single, um, I say every single, I have used all of the popular, um, popular macro trackers. So I've used MyFitnessPal. It was a long time ago. Maybe they've gotten better. Uh, I tend to doubt it because it's hard for them to completely revamp everything that they've got going. Like they may make updates on an existing system, but, um, highly unlikely that I go in there and they've just completely read on everything. Um, but I've used my fitness pal. I've used first form. Uh, I've used carbon diet coach and I've used macro factor. Uh, those four are the most, the, the ones that I've heard of the most, uh, my fitness pal is probably the most popular. Uh, seconded by maybe first form, um, maybe first form and then carbon and macro factor are newer, uh, newer apps. Uh, if you're not, so I'm going to recommend one of those to you and I'll talk about that in a sec, but at the very least, I recommend paying for the full version up front and learning about the things that they have to offer. So for example, barcode scanners, the actual coached, uh, macro option, uh, some of the advisors that you get, for example, with the first form app, um, I recommend investing in this very early because when you start at the, at the bottom, um, as like a, just try it out phase is going to do the free tracker. Uh, you, it, it, for me, it really dissuaded me from using the app. So for example, and this isn't, if, if you're listening to this, the coach that really tried to help me in the beginning, um, this isn't a knock on, on what he had done, but, uh, tried to use the first form app and I'm going to be honest with you guys. What happened was, uh, now I wasn't as bought into, tra- into tracking is what I am. Now I would be lying if I said like I was fully bought in and then they did this to me and it completely derailed my progress. But, um, I actually was using it pretty consistently and then they upped their, uh, they upped their membership charge and I was like ticked off that they upped their membership charge and they took away a lot of the key features. And then I went roaming and tried to find another app that, either wasn't as expensive or had the features without me paying for them. And there really wasn't any. So, um, the app I like the best is macro factor. It's, uh, macro M a C R O factor, uh, F A C T O R, uh, macro factor. To me, I found that, uh, the ease, I say the ease, it's a little bit complicated, but once you get the hang of it, um, the ease of putting your meals in, um, the ease of putting your meals in the database, they actually have a really, really good database. I've been very, very surprised because I went back and tried first form recently and 
their their database is so much better than anything else that I've had. They actually have a lot of foods that for a newer app, I didn't think that they would. Um, and then their verified foods are better. So for example, um, and we'll talk about why this stuff matters here in a second. I'm, I'm already at 40 minutes, but um, you want, since this database is built on a lot of user input, input data as well, uh, you want to get the most accurate results. So if you type in chicken breast, uh, you want to get the most accurate nutrients for chicken breast. And for macro factor, um, the more popular and, and the ones that kind of come up first, um, to me, they tend to be more accurate and especially the verified ones. So for example, I tried carbon diet coach and their chicken breast, like the amount of protein that they had in chicken breast, uh, was like half the amount as, as the one that I had in macro factor and what was actually represented, uh, when you looked it up on Google. And then the same thing in first form, you type in like chicken breast and I had to find like the exact chicken breast, uh, that I was using in macro factor that was actually closer to, uh, reality, um, of what chicken breast actually was worth. Uh, like it wasn't the first one that popped up and it really frustrated me. Um, the other thing is that macro factor does really well is it gives you some different options. If you're not as good and we'll talk about this, but if you're really, really worried about accuracy, um, it actually gives you some different options, especially for, um, for different foods. So for example, steak, um, it'll give you different options of how much fat you had on your steak, or, uh, it has different percentages of ground beef and they're all like right there together. So the database is really, really good. Uh, the user interface is really good. And the last part I'll say about it, uh, I don't think first form had instituted this feature yet, or it was when they really upped the price on me. I mean, they jacked up the price on me. I don't know the price differences between the two, um, anymore. But I do know that Macro Factor is like $17 a month or $71 a year. Um, I just paid for it and it was like 70 bucks a year. But I got everything and more as well as the coaching feature. So Macro Factor, it will actually tell you based on your goal, uh, how many calories you need to eat, how much protein, how much carbs, how many fats. Um, it'll tell you based on your goals and and what you say your desired um you know, your desired, uh, methods are. So it gives you like a high protein or a high fat or a low fat, um, low carb options or a balanced diet. Uh, and it'll give you your macros based on that. Um, and we'll get into a little bit of the nerdier stuff later about how it tracks down, uh, your calories and sees, you know, how that formula works. But, uh, by far it's my favorite. Um, if you're going to do this, if you're going to buy in, if you're going to make the time investment, Go ahead and make the money investment. And I know it's hard to say um, from, you know, if you might not have like $71 right now, maybe a stretch. And I get that. But uh, it is worth it um, to make sure that you you have the best tool available to you um, to actually make this work. Because if you don't, you're going to get pretty frustrated. It's not to say that you, I know people that do really, really well with these other apps. I've done well with all of them. Uh, but macro factor is my favorite and, uh, is the one that I'll use from here on out until somebody presents me with a better option. So start with a very, very good tracker. The other, the other advantage is, uh, is that macro factor is really good about building in your personal foods. Um, so one thing that I, and I, I don't mean to just keep stumping for them, but they're really, I really, really like, uh, the app. One thing that really, really, I mean, just honestly pissed me off with first form was they, their, um, 
if you had something that was kind of niche that not everybody ate a lot, uh, that wasn't in their, their like common database. So for example, queso fresco, a little bit of a hint. Um, if you want like coverage of cheese, like if you're looking for amount of cheese in a product. So for example, um, you've just made some sort of like taco meat, uh, and you could sprinkle a little bit of like heavy, you know, mild cheddar or uh, sharp cheddar in there. Um, queso fresco, I think it's because it's like a skim milk or uh, even cojita mixes in a lot easier and the calorie count is less per amount of cheese that you have. Um, again, nerdy, I know, but I figured this out. Um, and so I was using queso fresco like every single day. Um, and so um, what macro factor will do is you, it search, it double searches. So it looks at like, uh, it has like foods that you eat typically at this time. So if you go in there and you, if it's seven o'clock and you're putting in dinner, it'll say, these are the foods that you typically eat for dinner. So it filters out like all of that breakfast stuff. Um, since I've never eaten yogurt for dinner, it filters out all my yogurt, my fruits and stuff like that, that I eat at breakfast. And then right there, it pops up most of my dinner foods. Well, also when you search it, um, it searches your history first before it searches their database. So it'll say, okay, you're looking for um, cojita cheese. Well, this is one that you've used before. And then it'll give you the list of all the cojita cheeses that they have in their database. This is really, really useful for something something like beef jerky, um, where there's like thousands and thousands of brands that they, of beef jerky that they might have in there. But the one that you use, you use all the time. Well, what pissed me off with first form is I would go in there and it had like a rolling clock of recents. So it would only say, it would only give me those, um, like the last 12 things that I've eaten. Um, and if you've eaten 12 different things in between the skim cheese, you'd have to search it. And then even when you would search it exact, if you didn't put like the exact words in there, it would only turn up like 20 results, uh, like the top 20 results from their database. And I could never find it. Like I always had to barcode scan it. Um, and it, it was so frustrating. And I know this, I know it's something dumb to be frustrated about, but, uh, really like it, it, it was, it was very irritating because I've already thrown the package away and like, I'm about to eat this cojita cheese that I eat all the time and I literally can't find it. And I have to spell the name out like exactly to get it to pull up. It, it was again, forgive me, but it was, it was tough. Like it was, it was very irritating. So macro factor is the bomb. Um, another thing is, is just the user interface for the way it actually displays your goals. It gives you a bunch of different options. Uh, they have a widget. Big fan. Start with a good one. Uh, it makes life easier. And as you go on, and, and let me put it this way too. Um, you know, you may start with like, uh, I'm kind of trying to find an example, but um, you may think that the, the simpler or, because macro factor does get kind of complicated. Uh, it has a lot, of, uh, a lot of settings that you can change in it. It has a lot of different... Um, ways that you can manipulate uh, what you're doing and a lot of stuff that you might not care about. But the more experienced that you get in in tracking your food, the more you're going to be like, oh, I wonder if it has an option to do this. Uh, and Macro Factor does. Uh, most of the time it does. And so as you learn, what may seem really, really confusing in the beginning, I promise you'll appreciate as you get towards the end of it. Um, so I'm done being a Macro Factor salesman. Uh, I'm a very big fan. I've actually gotten my wife, uh, and Brett, Brett Hart. He still uses macro factor. He he'll endorse it. Um, I know he will cause he switched from my fitness pal to macro factor. Uh, if only I could convert everybody anyway. All right, moving on. 
So after you've developed a goal, after you've gotten a good tracker, which is hopefully Jeff Nippert ought to send me a check. Um, I wish I had a, a code. <laughs> um, I really wish he would advertise on, on my show because I love what he's doing. Uh, oh, yeah, by the way, the Jeff Nippert guy, um, that's his app. So you have uh, Lane Norton, who I recommended to you. His app is Carbon Diet Coach. Um, he was very, very focused, it seems, when he developed the app on like user simplicity. Um, but it, it was way too simple, and some of the stuff didn't work. So I don't, I don't like Carbon. I love Lane Norton as far as nutrition stuff goes. He's very, very smart, but... Uh, Jeff Nippard did the app way better. So uh, it's Jeff Nippard's app, and that's how I found it, is um, through watching his videos. Uh, anyway, so after you've you've figured out a goal, uh, you've gotten the best tracker macro factor, um, before you make any hard modifications, um, we're going to track everything for a couple weeks. So... It's going to be very difficult, especially if you're like me, but I'm not as concerned. Well, how do I, how do I put this? Um, there is a reason that, that peewee football teams, um, there's a reason that they practice for two or three weeks before they go to their first game. Everybody's like, yeah, that's common sense. You want to be ready for when you hit the game. Um, it's going to be the same way with trying to uh, know how to track before you hit your goal. And this is where a lot of people... Nutrition coaches will disagree with me um, when I say define your goal first. They, they'll say, um, no, you don't want people to be focused on the goal first. You want them to learn how to track. And it's going to be a lot easier to learn how to track with the foods that they're already eating. Um, so once you set your goal and you go about your normal day of eating, a lot of people will get very frustrated because they learn that they're actually eating like two or 3,000 calories more than what their goal is. Um, so mentally, what what... What I want you to do, and this is something I've worked on with my wife, is um, focus a lot less on about hitting your goal in the beginning and focus more on tracking with accuracy and precision. So we want to be closer to your goal. Uh, we want to get to your goal. Um, but it doesn't matter if you don't know how to actually track your food. And so if you're very upset because you didn't hit your protein goal or you're, you're you know, you're when you defined your goal, uh, in macro factor before you jumped in, um, and the first three days you you've way overeaten, um, three days in a row and you're just eating what you normally eat. If you get very frustrated and you get very down with that, um, it's not going to help anybody. So yes, you want to hit your goals. Yes. You want to hit your protein, but your number one goal should be to track with accuracy and precision, um, as best you can and to do that early. So, uh, we're going to track everything that you typically eat. Uh, and, and a better way to look to look at this is you're trying to see what you eat. You're not necessarily trying to see a goal, and I know it puts goals right in front of your face, but you're trying to understand what you eat. Um, you're trying to see, hey, how much my current lifestyle, how much is it really causing me to overeat? The, the food that I eat, how much am I really overeating? A lot of people don't understand that. A lot of people don't have any clue how much they're actually overeating. I was one of those people. Um, I was 100% one of those people that if you asked me, I was like, uh, you know, how many calories do you think you're eating? Well, how many calories does the average person eat? Well, the average person eats about 2,500 calories. Uh, I would be like, yeah, I might be at 3,000, 3,500, you know? And in reality, I was eating like 5,000 calories a day. So track everything and focus hard on your methods of tracking, uh, shift that term of success to, I care less about hitting this goal that I've got. And I care more 
about being 100% accurate with what I put in this app. Uh, I care more about um, getting the the uh, the real number of what I'm eating versus getting that number under a certain goal. I know it's very hard. Um, it's tough. And that may be why you put in like the maintain goal versus the lose weight goal first and then change it to the lose weight goal because that's kind of a, a that's kind of a mind shifter of we're not losing weight right now. We're going to try to maintain weight right now and just track. Maybe that's the way you do it. But um, focus on tracking first because it's going to be very, very difficult to um, want to track your food if you're upset all the time because you're not hitting your goals. Um, I've seen it ha- it's happened to myself. Um, most of the time I stop tracking after I've done something very bad and gone way over, way over my calories because I don't want to look at it anymore. That's not the right mindset to be in. And you're never going to be able to start a good habit if that's the way you're looking at it. So uh, track everything for a couple weeks. Um, buy a good food scale. So by and large, um, and I don't really know what that, most of the time, the best way to weigh your food or to to track your food is going to be weight. Um, the reason is, is because the, think about the ways that it takes to measure things. So this is actually one of those areas where um, I'm very thankful that I was a science kid. I was very, I'm very thankful that I was very into science. Um, I always liked the experiments. I liked geometry and physics and all of those things. Uh, Chemistry where they taught us about units and and volume and and physical aspects of, of uh, experimentation and measurement. Um, But think about the ways that you measure things. So if you've been in the kitchen at all, um, for example, uh, let's say you're going to make a recipe and it calls out a quarter of a cup of, uh, sugar, a one cup of flour, uh, a third of a cup of milk, um, and two thirds of a cup of, of melted butter or something like that. Very weird recipe, but, uh, that's a lot of different measuring devices if you're doing it correctly. Uh, you're going to have your liquid measuring device. You're going to have your solid measuring device. You're going to have the different sizes that you need. You're going to have at least a quarter. Um, you're probably going to have a third. And then if you're really worried about saving dishes, you might not break your half cup out um, because you can do two quarters, but then that's more math. Um, a scale and a decent bowl can take the place of all of those different measuring devices. So um, instead, it's uh, 24 grams of milk, uh, 32 grams of butter, uh, 42 grams of flour, uh, 67 grams of sugar, whatever that might be. Then you only have one measuring device. Uh, you're, you're measuring off of one unit, which is, um, which is weight or mass. Uh, if you're using grams weight, if you're using ounces. So, uh, getting a scale is very important to actually learning how to do this well. And, and, it, it makes it a lot easier because then you don't have all of these different uh, tools and utensils and it's a lot less guesswork, uh, especially if you have a scale. I will recommend um, find a balance on a scale of you can take it anywhere that you need to take it, but also it's big enough to put a bowl or a plate on. Um, that was a mistake that I had made and really it was, it was an honest mistake. Um, it, it wasn't really a mistake at all. My scale that I used was actually a gift from my wife. Um, and I told her I wanted one that was uh, really rugged that I could take anywhere because I wanted to take it to work. I wanted to be able to take it on trips with me if I needed it. Um, and I didn't want to worry about like like messing it up. And I wanted it to be in a case. 
Well, she ordered one off of Amazon that actually was in a case. It looks like a phone case. A lot of people think it's a phone when I pull it out of my pocket or something. Um, but the plate is almost actually it was, it's like the perfect size, but, um, the only thing that I can put on it is like some of those smaller base bowls. Um, and it's got to have like a, 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 a good base on it. So, um, I would recommend getting a kind of bigger one, but maybe that's got a case with it that you can take places. Um, because you got to make sure that you can measure it on it. Like I can't put a plate on my scale. Um, I have to measure everything in a bowl and then transfer it to a plate which is fine. Um, it keeps it compact and I do take it everywhere. The one that I have is like a tough way. I think tough dash way. It's a uh, green and black and you can buy it on Amazon. Um, I think it was like 30 bucks. It's, it's, it's a really cool scale and it's got a lot of different units on it. Um, but anyway, get a good scale. Uh, it makes things way easier. Uh, DLN didn't always try to use weight. Um, when she had first started tracking and I, I mean, I didn't either cause I, whatever, you know, like, um, I didn't, I didn't use a scale when I first started. It was like, this is two ounces of meat. I don't know. It's like three slices of meat. Well, the slices can be different thickness, yada, yada, yada. You get it. Um, weight makes it all one, one single unit of, of measurement. And it opens it up a lot. There are things that you can't measure in weight or things that it is easier to count. Um, almonds, for example, it was like, I could weigh my almonds or I could count my almonds and, uh, for me, I was eating so few that counting was easier or apples. Like I don't really care how much the apple weighs. I just ate an apple. So, um, get a good scale. Uh, it's going to be especially critical for, uh, meats and uh, even liquids sometimes, but meats, uh, I find that cheeses like shredded cheese is much easier to weigh on a scale than to try to use a cup, uh, because it takes volume out of the equation. That's, that's the other thing is, uh, using weight doesn't factor in the way that things are cut. So for example, if you're going to use like a third of a cup or any sort of volumetric, uh, let's say that you're going to, you're going to put onions, um, in there or cheese is actually better. Let's say that you're going to use shredded cheese. Well, um, a cup of like a, a straight brick of cheese that is volumetrically, uh, a half a cup or one cup is going to have more cheese in it than like a, a good coarse shredded cheese. And Again, I know this is nerdy, but it matters. Um, it's the same way with like a ton of bricks or a ton of feathers or a thousand calories of lettuce or a thousand calories of steak. Um, density and, and volume matters. So when you break it down to the to the weight level, um, you cut all that out. So like, for example, when I measure my cheese, if I measure it to half a cup, I have to go in there and, and I smush it down to make sure that, um, <laughs> well, it depends on how you're looking at it. I want as much cheese as I can get uh, for this half a cup. And so when I go in there and I put my cheese in there, I'm like, I'm getting every damn piece of cheese in there that I can fit and still call it half a cup. And I'm, and I'm smushing it in there. Whereas the weight is the weight. It doesn't matter. Um, you can weigh out, you know, uh, an ounce of cheese and it could either be half a cup or a third of a cup. doesn't matter. You're still getting a more accurate weight. So, uh, get a scale, use, measure everything that you can with the scale. I know I said I would quit selling for macro factor, but the other thing is that it has many, many more options for what you can use. So like if you were to say I had sharp shredded, you know, sharp cheddar cheese, it would give you a cup, ounce, grams, um, whatever, you know, so many different options. Uh, it would give you like a slice. It would give you um, a brick of cheese, one inch by one inch by one inch. It gives you so many more um, options to select uh, how you measured that cheese. First form was the worst. It was the worst, honestly. Um 
I would go in there and there were things in there that it just didn't have the math to do the weight on it. Like I would select cheese and it was only volumetric. It was only, uh, you either could use a cup or it was like a cup or, um, one block or something like that. It didn't have any weight attached to it. Macro factor does really, really well at, uh, making sure it, it does the math for you. So basically if somebody's going to enter a food, they have to enter, uh, the unit size in for the food. And it does very good at converting that into, uh, some sort of weight for you. So for example, if you put in one block of cheese, it says, well, how much does this block of cheese weigh? And then the person that puts it in there says eight ounces. And so it'll automatically give you the option to do an ounce. And it does all of that math for you for how the macros break out. I hope, I don't know if that's a little bit too nerdy. It probably is, but anyway, um, somebody puts in there a block of cheese and said it's it's worth 2,500 calories and it weighs eight ounces. Well, it does the math saying that if, if you put in there an ounce, it gives you the option to select ounces and then you say half an ounce. It does that math um, based on what the original person put into into the database. And it has way more options than what a lot of these other apps do. A lot of these other apps, it's only volumetric or it's only weight. Uh, there's no other option. So for example, butter, uh, for me, I really like the macro factor butter, um, calculator. Cause a lot of times when I'm cooking with butter, I don't, I don't have the time to track the weight cause I'm adding it as I go. Uh, and it actually has like, it has pats of butter as a unit. So it's like a one inch by one inch square. So your typical, um, stick of butter is like one inch by one inch. Uh, it says one inch by one inch by like half inch of, of butter. And you put that in there. So nerdy, I know, forgive me tablespoons it has tablespoons teaspoons all of these different things um so uh yeah get a get a good scale understand that you are doing science and i'm sorry for those of you that don't like to do science that's what you're doing um you're measuring everything uh you're trying to get a good accounting of what's going into uh, your formula which is your meal so um we're going to try to understand compound foods so um, realize that, well, let's back up. I want to talk about, uh, let's talk a little bit about accuracy versus precision. Um, the main thing that we want to, that we want to strive for is consistency. So many of you, this is a, this is a hard conversation to have without having the visuals, but most of you have had a talk, especially if you went through any sort of science, uh, about the difference between accuracy versus precision. So, the difference is let's imagine in our mind's eye um, a target so a big circular target with an X in the middle of it or you know the bullseye in the middle of it rather so you've got a bullseye and you've got a bunch of different rings on the outside well accuracy is going to uh, be how how close you get to that bullseye um, versus precision which is how close together uh, your shots are so for example if you've got something in the five ring, which is way out, you know, way out uh, the, the last ring on the target, uh, but you've put four different bullet holes right there together, uh, you would say that that gun is precise, but it's not accurate. Um, now, if you uh, move those four bullet holes, you adjust your scope or whatever it might be, and you've put, um, you've put, uh, Hold on. Uh, and you've put four bullet holes uh, pretty close to the to the bullseye. Well, then now this gun is precise uh, and accurate. Now, um, without getting into too much scientific theory uh, or, you know, 
philosophy, I guess, but uh, it's hard to have accuracy without precision. Like you can't have any sort of assured accuracy without precision. So when we're tracking our food, we want to go with precision. We want to try to do things the same way every single time. And then we want to inch closer um, to accuracy. So um, for example, uh, I weigh my, my proteins no matter what every single time. And um, I weigh them every time. I don't ever take a volumetric protein, so I don't do like one or three cups of chicken one day. Uh, if I'm going to weigh it, I'm going to weigh it. There, There is also, uh, I'm going to talk about this. Um, I also use the same entry for different kinds of meat. So let me put it this way. Um, you have sitting in front of you a hamburger, you have fajitas, uh, you have a ribeye steak, and you have, I guess, uh, some other form of ground beef. Okay. Every one of those is beef. Uh, the, the separating factor between all of those is going to be the amount of fat that's in them. So understand that your meats have proteins and fats. They're not all proteins. They're not all fats. Um, but every one of those is going to have varying degrees of fat in it. So your hamburger is probably going to have a lot more fat. Uh, your fajita is probably going to have a little bit less fat. Um, your fillet or your ribeye, uh, may have more or less fat and your ground meat, your, your taco meat, your ground beef is going to have, um, more or less fat. You've seen them at the grocery store. They have like 70, 30, 80, 20, 90, 10. Um, it's going to have more or less fat. Now I want to make life easy on myself. Um, it is much more difficult to try to chase the rabbit of saying, well, what kind of action did I have flank steak or did I have skirt steak? Did I have a New York strip or did I have a ribeye? Um, did I have a filet mignon, which has, or a, a tenderloin, which has almost no fat in it versus a ribeye who has quite a bit of fat in it? I personally, it is not worth the time. It is not worth the headache to try to track all of those differences. It's all beef. It's all going to be close enough. Uh, to me, this is a precision argument over accuracy. So what I do, no matter what I'm eating, uh, my ground beef is always 90-10. Now, why do I do 90-10? A lot of people will say, Hoss, that's, that's, you're undercutting your calories uh, because if you eat a ribeye steak, that's more you know, 70-30 or 80-20. Uh, I do 90-10 every time because most of the time when I am eating ground beef, uh, I drain the fat off. Um, most of the time when I'm eating a ribeye, I trim the fat. Um, I am very cognizant about the amount of fat that I eat when I eat beef. So I do 90-10 ground beef every single time. And the reality, folks, is it, it doesn't matter. You're going to be able to t tell by whether you lose weight if the foods that you're eating, um, if you're eating too much or not. So it does matter, but it doesn't. If you use 90-10 ground beef every single time, let's say that all you ever ate was 90-10 ground beef. Well, uh, let's say you get, you're eating 3,000 calories in your app. Well, it says you're eating 3,000 calories in your app. But if you're not losing weight, then obviously you need to eat less. It doesn't matter if the real number is 4,500 or 3,000. We want to be accurate. We want to be as accurate as possible. But for me, um, I want to be precise as well. So I track only ground beef. Um, if, if, if anything is beef, I track the ground beef. And then as I, uh, if I hit a plateau or macro factor adjust this automatically, um, you'll be able to tell by the results you're getting whether your macros are good enough and you either need to reduce your calories or keep them where they're at or increase them. So I know this is a, a hard concept, but 
Uh, for example, chicken breast. I, I, I fully understand that chicken thighs have way more fat in them than what chicken breast does. Uh, I use chicken breast anytime I eat chicken. Doesn't matter what it is, whether it's a, a, a thigh, a leg, uh, wings. Um, wings, sometimes I'll actually put wings in there because uh, those are easier to count. So I'll use actual wings. But anytime I'm eating like shredded chicken, chicken thighs, whatever the case, I always use my weight given on chicken breast because that's what I eat the most. It's simple. Uh, and nobody really likes chicken fat anyway. So if you're eating a nice chicken thigh, uh, there's a good chance that you're either getting rid of the fat or it doesn't happen all that often. I eat chicken breast way more often than I eat chicken thighs. Um, so I just use chicken breast. Uh, same thing with, with everything else. So for pork chops, um, I just put in ground pork and ground pork is typically a little bit leaner. So it's like a 95.5 or a 96.4. Um, I'll use actual ground pork. Now, there's a bunch of caveats in this. Uh, understand that something like a sausage or uh, or something like that is going to have a lot higher amounts of fat. So, um, I know I don't want to sound contradictory here, but uh, ground beef doesn't have near as much fat in it as something like a quote-unquote sausage does. So, for example, if you're getting uh, sausage from like actual breakfast sausage, that's going to be at best like a, a, a 70-30 um, a 70, 30 mix versus it's probably going to be 60, 40 versus like your, your 90, 10 ground beef that you're eating. So try to understand a little bit and use barcodes wherever you can. Uh, all of this is secondary to a barcode. So for example, if I eat breakfast sausage, I'm putting in the barcode, no matter what, um, I'm not going to go and use my ground pork, but if I'm eating like a pork chop at a restaurant, I use ground pork. I hope that makes sense. Um, and, and the reason I'll give you the reason as to why I do that. Uh, number one, myself, but I watched D. Ellen get very, very frustrated when she was trying to track these foods um, because she was trying to get it exactly correct. Of Like she would ask me, what cut of steak is this? And I'm like, well, flank steak. And she's like, well, is it flank steak, you know, trimmed to zero inches worth of fat? And I'm like, I, <laughs> I, I don't know, you know, like I have no clue. Um, so I, I, I would oftentimes find myself tell, just put ground beef in there. Like, doesn't matter. Just, just put it in your app and let's eat dinner. Um, so uh, I do the same thing with cheeses, by the way. The mass, vast, vast majority of cheese, uh, I want to say is like 90 calories per quarter of a cup. Um, something like that, like 100, 180 or something like that per cup. I don't know how that, that math works out, but I think it's 90 calories per quarter of a cup uh, or 110 calories per ounce maybe. Uh, anyway, the majority of cheeses are the same. So I use the one that I use most often was a barcode that I got. It's the Lucerne, Lucerne shredded Mexican cheese, unless I'm doing something like Cojita, um, or I have another barcode to scan, but whenever I have cheese, it doesn't matter if it's Parmesan, doesn't matter if it's mozzarella. If I'm out, uh, in public, I use the same exact cheese. Um, it's a barcode that I got. It's the one that I use most often. So it is the most accurate when I use it but I, I just put it in there as cheese. It's going to be close enough. Um, I hope you kind of get the idea. I mean, I do this with a lot of different things. Apples. Um, I eat different types of apples on occasion. It's not always, you know, a red apple. Put in a red apple every single time. Um, what else do I do this with? Um, chicken, ground beef, ground pork. Um, what else? Uh, milk a lot of times. Um, but it's kind of hard to screw that up. 
that's probably it. Oh, bacon. Bacon is another good one. Um, you know, bacon's got a lot of fat in it, but uh, I get close enough. Um, I just use one type of bacon. Mm, I don't think there's really anything else. Most of everything else, I either have a barcode that I can scan um, or, you know, it's specific enough that it doesn't matter. So, uh, you, you, you know, carbs, uh, you can do it with like rice. Um, although carbs can be so different in what they put in them, uh, whether it's whole grain or not, uh, I tend to try to go for specificity on carbs, but, uh, reducing it down to just ground beef makes my life so much easier. I mean, it really does. You weigh out your flank steak, hit ground beef, hit eight ounces, and it keeps my list a lot smaller. My recommended list, it keeps it a lot smaller. Uh, and it's, it's much more precise, uh, for me because every time I'm taking in that food, um, it's going in as the same, uh, the same entry and it's, it's, it's close enough. And the, the risk that you run is looking for some obscure cut of meat and it being completely wrong because that happens in these databases. Uh, you'll look for, uh, you know, filet mignon and ground beef. And then for some reason it's got the fats at like 50% of the, of the, of the food and it's just not right. And it's going to throw your data off. I would much rather go with the food that I know is close enough versus one that I've never used before. So really nerdy, I know, but it's an important point that a lot of people miss and it makes people's lives a lot easier. Um, so continuing on, um, yeah, understanding compound foods, that's where it gets into a lot of these foods have carbs and fats and proteins in them. Um, understand what you're putting in your body and that it's going to, it's going to be variable for each one of those meats, especially they're going to be a combination of proteins and fats. Chicken breast is going to be almost all protein. Um, and your chicken breast value should be around, uh, 70 grams of protein per eight ounces of chicken. So 374 calories, 70 grams of protein, eight ounces of chicken breast. Uh, that's, that's pretty close. That's almost exact, I think. Um, so this is one that I did not catch, uh, raw versus cooked. Um, this is one that I still don't know which one, uh, I still don't know, uh, which one to use a lot of times. Uh, they don't always tell you, uh, in the apps. So, uh, what I mean by this is, is raw versus cooked meat. I use cooked because it's always easier to me- to measure the cooked for me. Um, what do I, what do I mean by this? Well, let's say you're going to use ground beef. Let's say it's taco night. And, uh, you want to measure your food. Well, some people will say it's more accurate to measure it raw or your entry. Um, I never knew whether it was, whether it was raw or cooked. And that always messed with me because you'll lose a lot of your fat in ground beef. You can pour, I mean, you've all cooked ground beef or bacon is the worst. Um, uh, I've almost completely given up on tracking bacon because it, it loses all of its fat. Um, and it, you know, halves in weight at least if not cuts to a quarter or a third. Uh, so I always measure cooked, um, given that I, given that I remove the fat, (laughs) uh, from the food. So ground beef and chicken breast, it's always easier for me to measure cooked. This takes out the part of, um, having to measure before you put it in the recipe, um, having to measure cooked food. So for example, if you're cooking a ground beef dish, you don't have to measure, the total amount that went into the to the finished product, you just have to measure what you're actually eating. Um, again, this varies situation to situation. If you're going to mix it all together, let's like mashed potatoes, for example, 
um, it's a good idea to get a get an idea of uh, how much of those ingredients that all went into the mashed potatoes and then portion that out because you can't separate those after it's cooked. Um, use your head, be reasonable. Uh, but as far as meats go, I always measure cooked. And what's going to happen is, I mean, there's two case scenarios here. Um, most every time if you measure cooked, you're going to get uh, more protein. You're going to get more meat than if you would have measured uh, raw. And a lot of people say, well, that's more calories. Every time, because in cooking, most of the time you're going to remove the fat. It's still going to be, um, it's still not going to be that bad for you because you're still taking in more protein than you are fat. So, for example, you measure out eight ounces of ground beef beforehand. It might come out to six ounces later. Uh, after you're done cooking it, but those two ounces that go away is not going to be the protein. It's going to be the fat. Um, so it's not as bad as you might think, uh, because what people are saying is, well, if you had eight ounces of, of cooked ground beef, that might actually be 10 ounces of, of raw ground beef. And what you've just done is you've overeaten. You put in eight ounces on your app, but you've just overeaten 10 ounces. Correct. But if you're overeating the protein, it's not that big of a deal. Um, it's, it's really, really not. Uh, protein, I, I, I challenge you to go into a caloric surplus on protein alone. It's going to be tough. Um, you still need to watch your calories, but, uh, if you overeat your calories on protein alone, you're going to be all right. Okay. Um, so anyway, uh, I always measure cooked. I hope that all made sense. I feel like I'm talking into the ether and that nobody is listening anymore, but I hope somebody is. Okay. Um, I've talked about, uh, raw versus cooked weight versus volumetric weight is much easier. Uh, you still need to be able to comprehend volumetric, um, volumetric, uh, what am I, what am I saying? Uh, measurements and know how to use them. Let's see. Um, as simple as possible, use similar substance. Yeah. So what I just talked about, um, don't go in there and try to track every single different brand of cheese or different type of cheese. Just use one cheese uh, get it, use it, get it over with, move on. Um, let's see. Uh, last, not last thing. Definitely not the last thing. I don't know. We're in an hour and 15 minutes. I'm doing better than what I thought. Um, let's see another topic on that. Let's see. Um, Hmm. I had something I was going to say and I forgot. Uh, yeah, use similar substitutes. So looking at my notes here, weight versus volumetric. Um, I don't know what else I was uh, going to say on that. So I will move on. Uh, food isn't always fuel. So yeah, um, it's taken me this long to kind of address it. But I do understand that even though we're kind of, uh, we're getting down to the science of, of food and I've talked about the energy levels uh, in food and, and using it as fuel. Um, I, I completely understand that food is not always fuel for me. Food is an experience. Food is a hobby. Uh, food is something that I, I really love. Um, I love getting together with people over food. I love cooking food. Anybody that knows me knows that I would much rather, uh, cook you some food than to go bowling or spend time with you in any other way. I would much rather cook the food. Uh, most of that is my arrogance because people tell me how good it is. And I like that. Uh, but food isn't always fuel and tracking, I believe helps you get around this. And, um, one way that we're, we're going to do that is if, if you really don't want food to be just fuel, 
uh, planning out the meals you want and then supplementing uh, to get your protein goal on the other end of that is very good. So uh, the key nutrition aside, I'm talking mostly about tracking today, but um, you really want to get to a high protein number. And I think I talked about this on the last pro- last podcast, but um, you want to strive to eat uh, one gram of protein per pound of, of lean body mass. So if you're a kind of skinny guy um, and say you weigh 230 pounds, uh, then you want to eat 230 pounds of protein. That's the amount of protein you should be intaking on any given day. Uh, now, if you have a high body fat, that changes a little bit. Um, from what I've seen, it's one gram per centimeter in height. Uh, or honestly, it's more like one and a quarter grams. So 1.25 times the centimeters in height. If you don't know how to do that, uh, Google inches to centimeters. Or <laughs> if if you don't know how to do feet to inches, Google feet to inches and then each inches to centimeters. Um, and then once you get that, take that number and that's how many grams of protein you should be eating. Uh, I would say if you're a dude, uh, just in general, don't go any lower. Um, well, that would kind of ruin the height argument, but I would say don't go any lower than probably like 180 grams of protein. Um, so that kind of cut my short kings out there. That's going to be closer to 1.5 times uh, your 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 height in centimeters if you're really short and really fat. Um, for my tall kings out there, uh, that'll get you close enough, 1.25. Uh, but for the mass majority of people, if you're anywhere under 20% of body fat, uh, or honestly, even like 25%, you're probably just good to eat, um, eat one gram per pound of body weight, um, somewhere between like 180 and 250. If you go over 250, it, it really, I think it has a minimal effect. You're just going to be miserable. Honestly, anything that I've seen, anything over 250 is not going to be feasible unless you're like a bodybuilder, um, and you're really, really trying to put on the muscle. Uh, but you can eat a lot of calories. If you're cutting, stay under 250. Um, if, you, if you're trying to lose weight, uh, 250 is probably the max. Otherwise, it's just awful. I mean, it's just awful to try to eat that much food under a calorie cap of like 2,500. Well, I say that. Um, yeah, um, there are times where you could go over 250, but I think 250 is is fair. Um, getting 300 grams of protein is difficult. I will tell you that right now. It's difficult and oftentimes it's expensive um, to get over 300 grams of protein reliably. Uh, I've done it. It's very tough. Um, So, but anyway, I know that food is not always fuel. So, um, yeah, if you have a meal coming up, plan that meal ahead and then try to meet your protein goal and stay under your calories for the rest of those meals. So, for example, if I know that Dylan and I are going to be having steak night on Friday night, I will pre-plan Friday and I will put in a steak, some potatoes, some typically uh, cheese, some green beans, some bacon bits. Uh, I'll overestimate on those just a little bit. Um, My steak, I typically do, like I said, ground beef. So uh, most steaks are anywhere between 12 to 16 ounces, um, even cooked because you don't cook all the fat out of a steak most of the time. So I'll do 12 to 16 ounces of ground beef. And I put all of that in there as a placeholder uh, and if you overestimate, here's the deal, guys, if you overestimate, you just bought yourself a little bit of dessert, uh, unless you haven't hit your protein goal, then you need to break out the lunch meat and hit your protein goal. But, um, anyway, 
If you overestimate, all you've done is bought yourself a little bit of dessert or some extra potatoes. Um, so uh, pre-plan those meals that to where food is not fuel. Uh, and then the rest of the day, food is fuel. <laughs> uh, the rest of the day, uh, I'm not going to eat that, that Pop-Tart that I want for breakfast because I've got to have my steak later in the day. So I'm going to eat a yogurt, which is mostly protein. Or I'm going to eat just straight up chicken breast. Um, shredded chicken breast or shredded chicken thighs um, most of the time. And then at the end of the day, I get to enjoy it. So I'm not coming here and telling you that food is only fuel. Food is much more than that. Um, I really do believe that uh, eating with other people is much more than that. Um, that's why you should pre-plan, take it into account, and don't let it ruin your goals. Um, so, yeah, that kind of rolls into my next one. Use the worst case scenario. Um, so, worst case, what I mean by that is using the worst case scenario is... Um, Sometimes I've found myself uh, to where I didn't track something or I didn't weigh something. Uh, so I always put in uh, the worst uh, possible scenario so that it keeps me from like overeating. So for example, let's say I got home from a really nasty workout, needed some carbs. So I crushed like some Ritz crackers, forgot to track how many I ate. Um, but I know that it wasn't any more than like 12. Uh, I'll put 12 in there. That way, um, I've blocked that out, and I'm not um, I'm not overeating uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Or I'll have a handful of chocolate chips, and I put in there more chocolate chips than what I, I think I like, slightly more than what I thought I've had. Um, it's important to be accurate because you you do need the calories. But um, to me, I always default to the worst case scenario, which keeps me from the actual worst case scenario, which is overeating. Um, so let's get into that a little bit. Uh, overeating is not always failing. Sometimes, uh, sometimes it gets out of, you, you forget. And that is, well, overeating is not failing. It's kind of a poor statement. Um, it's not the end of the world. If you fail, um, I promise that one thing that we want to do is we want to get momentum and we want to build that momentum. But uh, the fat doesn't come off in one day. The fat didn't go on in one day. So um, really, really try to build yourself up. And this is why I like 75 hard. Try to try to hit your protein goal and stay under a certain amount of calories uh, for 75 days. And you will build up some, some really good momentum. I promise you. Um, I promise you that if you're trying to do this and... Uh, you've gone three weeks and you're doing really, really well. And one day, uh, you come home and your wife has made dinner. You didn't know what she was going to make, or I've had this happen. Uh, you eat like it's a normal day and then you get invited out to dinner and they're paying or, uh, they've already cooked something and it would be rude not to eat it. Uh, and a lot of people have excuses for these things, but it, it really would be, I mean, it really would be rude not to eat the food that they're giving you. Um, and sometimes you draw a hard line and say, I don't, you know, I've got to stick to my goals. Uh, sometimes you say, okay, um, it's going to be 500 extra calories. It's okay. Um, it is okay. Um, don't be, don't, don't stress yourself. Uh, what we really want to prevent is just breakage. You know, for me, um, a lot of times I do go so hard that when I break, I break pretty hard and we want to avoid that. That's not always good. Um, 
So if you overeat a little bit, it's okay. I'm a very disciplined person. I believe in discipline. You shouldn't overeat and you definitely shouldn't do it two days in a row. Um, but the fat didn't come on in one day. It's not going to come off in one day. Um, do, do the best you can. Um, and, and push yourself. Uh, so at least you're admitting that you're overeating and at least you're track at the very least track it. This is what I'm awful about. I really am awful about this guys. If I go in, so for example, if I have one of those meals that I know is going to put me over the edge and I know that there's a possibility we might go get lunch, um, I will intentionally sabotage myself by not tracking breakfast. I just won't track. And then the rest of the day, I'm, well, we just not ha- haven't tracked anything today. So, uh, what's the whole point? I would have to go and backtrack all my day. Yeah. It's, it's pathetic. So at the very least, just track your food, man. Um, I've gotten better at this, but at the very least, track it. If you're going to overeat, track your food. So um, I hope I've given you some uh, some pretty useful tips. Macro factor is the number one. Uh, the barcode scanner is really good. Um, I've talked about some of the substitutes. Potatoes, like, uh, you know, I cook a lot, so I don't put in different types of potatoes. Uh, honestly, like French fries, yeah, they do come with a lot of extra grease. It will come with a lot of, of calories, so I try to put French fries in there. Um, but most of the time, whether they're baked or roasted or air-fried potatoes, um, I just put in potatoes and call it a day. Um, I get it in there. I get my weight in there. Put a little bit of butter on them. You know, call it a day. Uh, oh, this is an important point. Um, I don't track low, like really low-calorie foods unless they have protein. So, for example... Um, I don't track my vegetables most of the time. I just don't. And a lot of people would be like, well, that's not precise. That's not accurate. Well, yeah, well, I'm not going to try to track um, the the 10 calories, if even, worth of spinach that I put into my recipe. Pain in the ass. And I could, but um, my problem is that uh, once I establish a standard, I typically, I'll, I'll do anything to hold to it. Um, and it's very tough to hold to that high of a standard. And I know that sounds like a cop out, but uh, for example, I may go make a like a stew um, this evening, and it's going to have a certain amount of onions, a certain amount of tomatoes, a certain amount of green chilies in it, and all of that combined, the portion of those vegetables that I eat might be 15 calories. I mean, it might be 15 calories. It's going to take me like five to ten minutes. Um, at least to figure out how much I'm putting in there and then to try to figure out by some stretch of the imagination how much I'm actually eating. Um, so a soup or a stew is a perfect example uh, where you put all these ingredients in there and to, to try to parse them out and to try to get an accurate representation of what you're actually eating uh, as a proportion of what you originally put in there, the headache is not worth it. It's It's not worth it. And, uh, it'll lead me to not track. It'll lead me just to be angry, not track. So, um, I track the most important things like, uh, proteins, carbs, and fats. Um, if it's a significant source of any of those, that's where I track it. So, uh, for example, uh, we have a dish, well, let's say it's chili. Um, chili's going to have a certain amount of ground beef, uh, it may have some like sugar in it, uh, depending on what seasonings you put in. I don't know if anybody puts sugar in their chili, but um, that's probably not correct. I was thinking like the tomato sauce or something, but, or barbecue sauce. Um, you know, if you're putting just a bunch of tomato sauce, you might run the tomato sauce in there. 
but all the other little stuff that you put in there, jalapenos, onions, uh, even some of the fresh tomatoes, it's not worth it. I put in there ground beef. Uh, another thing to factor in is like water. Uh, so if you've got like ground beef where let's say chili, for example, and it starts in a big pot of water and you've reduced it down, uh, understand that if you're, if you're doing it cooked, um, you're going to have, uh, even more weight on the back end. So for example, if I do like taco meat or something where I put a bunch of ingredients and put a bunch of water, uh, into this meat and then reduced it down, it's still going to be much heavier than if it was just like raw ground beef, uh, not raw ground beef, but like ground beef without all the ingredients. And so I'll put eight ounces into my tracker and I'll actually put like 10 or 12 ounces on the scale. Uh, that's an overestimation for the water saying that if it's got this much water in it, well, then it might have like eight ounces of ground beef kind of nerdy. Doesn't matter if you put exactly how much it'll, it'll work out. Um, I don't want to fill you full of useless information, but it's all been very useful. Um, last little tips and tricks. Uh, we talked about the importance of eating high protein. So maybe I didn't talk about it enough. Uh, protein does make you more full. So the reason that eating 300 grams of protein is miserable throughout the day is because it makes you very, very full and you don't want to eat anything else. Now that's a good thing because you're not going to be overeating a bunch of stuff. Uh, for me, uh, I still had that effect at 200. Uh, let me put it this way. If I have the self-discipline to eat 250 grams of protein every single day and track it, I have the self-discipline to tell my body no, uh, when I'm hungry beyond that 250 grams of protein. Um, so, but you want a high protein number so that number one, it fuels your muscles. It fuels, uh, fuels your body and, if you do want to gain muscle while losing weight, uh, at least your body has the protein able to do it. Whether it does it or not, I don't know, not a scientist, uh, but you're giving your body the proper amount of protein. Uh, number two, the protein, so the calories in protein, um, there's something called the thermic effect of food, which means how many calories does it take to actually process this food? That is higher on protein. So essentially, I don't want to say this, but I do. Um, a calorie of protein is not exactly worth the same amount as a calorie of, of carbs and fat. It's not worth like, it's not worth tracking. Uh, it's definitely not worth including into your deficit or, uh, eating more calories worth of protein, uh, because of it. But that's why eating protein, eating a high amount of protein is so much better. Um, now depending on when you get into performance and stuff like that, but generally for weight loss, uh, you want your protein to be the highest macro that you use uh, most of the time. Now, if you're going really low fat, then your carbs may be up there with your proteins. Uh, but for me, I tend to vo- follow a very balanced uh, carb and fat. So my carbs and fats are, t- are typically like the same where my protein is higher. So I'll eat like 250 grams of protein and then like 100 grams of carbs, 100 grams of fat, something like that. Um, so it should generally be the highest. Uh, and then your uh, your calorie goal. So for me, I don't track the amounts of carbs and fats that I eat. I do because it's in my math equation and it shows up on my macro factor. What I do is I say, I've got to eat at least this much protein. I've got to eat this low amount of carbs or not carbs of calories. So let's say my goal is at 2,200 calories or my cap is at 2,200 calories. My protein goal is 225 Uh, So I eat 225 grams of protein, everything else within my diet, all it has to do is fall under 22 grams or 22 calories, 20, sorry, 2200 calories. So there are very, there are various days where 
my carbs will be way through the roof, but my fats are very, very low. So for example, I have a, um, let's say that that day I ate three uh, chicken sandwiches. So like, you know, the, the sliced, the, the deli chicken, lunch meat chicken sandwiches. Well, the bread is going to be really high in carbs. The chicken isn't going to have much fat on it. Let's say all that was on it was like pickles and some mustard, maybe like a slice of cheese. Well, my carbs are going to be through the roof because of the bread. They may be at like 200. Well, my fats, all that's in there is the cheese. Uh, and so my fats are going to be somewhere around like 30 or 40. Um, so what it shows is you're way over on your carbs, but you're way under on your fats. Your protein is at the goal and your calories are still capped at 2200. Um, the difference between your carbs and your fats are minimal as long as you're getting the protein uh, to keep you full and to have that, they call it like muscle synthesis or protein synthesis, whatever it is. Um, don't worry too much on your carbs and your fats. Uh, this really gave DL in trouble for a long time uh, because she was like, well, you know, this meal, I would come home and cook a meal and she's like, well, this put, you know, my carbs are way over. Well, where is your, where is your calories at? Well, 1900. Okay. Where's your protein at? Well, at 180, like, okay, that sounds fine. What's, what's the deal? Well, I've only got like 20 grams of fat, but my carbs are way over. I need to get my carbs less and eat more fats. And okay, you can do that if you want to, if you want to be very exact. Uh, but if your goal is to lose weight, um, it doesn't matter. I mean, get your calories lower. You've already hit your protein. I will say, I think this does matter. Uh, when you're trying to gain muscle and you're doing a lot of activities. So for example, um, I feel it when I go way too low in carbs. So there is kind of a caveat here of if you're hitting the gym really hard and if you're in CrossFit and you're not getting enough carbs in because your fats are way too high, uh, I generally feel that because I don't have enough um, get up and go sometimes. Uh, I don't know if that's because of my blood sugar, whatever it might be. Ask a scientist. I don't know. Um, but you want to try to make it as equal as possible, but generally the rules that I follow are meet my protein goal, stay under my calorie goal. Okay. Oh, last thing. Um, when you're shopping and you're trying to get snacks or you're trying to evaluate a good source of protein. So if you have this pro, what I call protein focused macro tracking, um, if you really are doing a protein focused macro tracking, uh, Shopping can be very difficult. Getting snacks can be very difficult. Uh, planning meals can be difficult if you don't understand what your protein is going to look like. Um, I thought about this, and what I typically do... Oh, let me think about this. Um, oh, we didn't even touch on serving sizes. Okay, we've still got 20 minutes left. Uh, let's talk about serving sizes really quick. For some of you that don't know... Look at the serving sizes on your nutrition facts. So when you are shopping, this this kind of relates. But uh, let's say you're shopping. One thing that one of the things that got me was uh, what was it? Some crackers. Um, so uh, when these companies make their their labels, they can uh, they have to let you know what it is, but they have to modify their serving sizes, or they can modify their serving sizes on their nutrition labels. So, for example, this exactly happened to me. I don't remember which. I want to say it was like Club Crackers where um, you look on you or they'll do it in comparison to their competition. So let's say that uh, you pick up a, a brand of Club or a brand of Crackers and it says 170 grams of protein for the serving size. 
well, you pick up your Ritz and a lot of people would think that it would be the same. And you pick up your Ritz and you're like, oh, it's, it's a hundred grams or, you know, or a hundred calories per serving size. And they're like, well, the Ritz are obviously better than the club. Look at your serving sizes because a lot of times it'll be, uh, they're exactly the same calories, but the serving size is different. So when you just look at the two numbers side by side, you see one is less than the other. Um, this happens a lot. There's not like a standard serving size that they have to go by. So, uh, like I said, this happened to me. I think the uh, reduced fat, where they tried to do it, those bastards, um, where they tried to do it was the reduced fat uh, crackers, I think. And I could be wrong on this, um, but I remember I, I, w- I looked at it and I was like, oh, I wonder if it actually affects the calories the way that, um, like if the reduced fat actually lessens the calories. So I picked the two up and one of them had like a 28 gram serving size and one of them only had like a 17 gram serving size. And when you did the math, it was exactly the same. It was like, you pieces of trash, like just because it's reduced fat, it was the exact same amount of, of calories. It didn't matter. So I got the fat version. And a lot of people, a lot of people don't know this. And before they like, because they're ignorant to what actually their food contains, they'll, they'll approach me on that. And they'll be like, why are you eating? Like, why are, why do you eat white bread? And it's like, well, have you ever done it to like whole wheat? It's like the same. And I don't know if that's true, but, uh, or tortillas, um, like, why are you eating flour tortillas instead of corn? And actually corn is much, now I'm struggling to find a, a decent, uh, or like whole milk versus 1% milk or something like that. Uh, when you actually do the math and the serving sizes, doesn't really matter. Like potato chips, um, the, the baked versus the actual like fried potato chips. It's not that big of a deal. Um, yeah. So, uh, just look at your serving sizes and make sure when you're looking at the, at the apps, uh, it's similar. So, uh, one thing that, um, one thing that is, uh, important for us. Oh, uh, when you're picking out good proteins. So is this a good source of protein? Uh, when you're doing protein, protein focused macro tracking, uh, it's very difficult because you're like, oh, well, you know, beef jerky is protein or I'll go and get some summer sausage. Summer sausage is protein. A lot of the, a lot of people will sneak fat or sugars, uh, into their proteins to make it, to make it taste good. I'll give you a perfect example, beef jerky. Um, I love, love, love beef jerky. Uh, but, um, they're nowhere even close to the same, uh, as far as the calories and this kind of, to a certain degree, this undercuts when I was saying I just use ground beef. Uh, I don't, I don't do that with, with products that have barcodes on them, um, or products that I actually can get a nutrition fact on, uh, because those manufacturers will modify it and, uh, they'll put a bunch of different stuff in their meats that, that don't, uh, it's not the same as you going and buying like a steak at the market and calling it ground beef. So, um, generally, um, what I call is, uh, the protein rule is when you divide. So let's, let's make sure I've got this right. Um, I just said it earlier that, uh, seven, you know, chicken breast for every eight ounces is 70 grams of protein, uh, and 374 calories. So 0.18. So, uh, chicken breast is a very, very good protein and it's about the best you can get, uh, as far as, um, protein per calorie of food. So how much protein am I getting for how many calories? Because you've got to think if you're doing protein, this is just smart. And this is for me personally, because I like my dairy and I like my carbs. Um, if I'm going to put my cap on my calories, but I have to meet a certain grams of protein, well, then I'm going to eat 
as much protein as I can with as few calories as I can so that I can eat more carbs and fats. It's just smart. Um, if I, if my only protein goal or if the only way that I got my protein was through sausage, well, then I would have almost no room for any carbs at all because my fats would be through the roof. So uh, chicken breast is about the best you can get other than maybe tuna. But honestly, I think I did the, the calculation. And when I was doing like tuna and salmon, it wasn't any different than chicken breast, um, especially not the chicken breast that I use uh, in, in my app. Like it wasn't any different at all because uh, I use the skinless chicken breast. And uh, it was actually, so like price-wise, uh, chicken breast was better for me. Um, but chicken breast comes out to 0.18 when you do uh, protein, grams of protein divided by the calories in this in the size. So I do this whenever I go and buy beef jerky. If there's a brand that I don't know, by the way, the best brand, if you live anywhere close to Amarillo is Clinton Sons, the black label. Uh, as far as when you come, when you factor in price, uh, volume, um, protein, calories, all of that, uh, the best is Clinton Sons black label if you can find it. But, uh, when, when you grab something and you need to know if it's a good source of protein, do protein divided by the amount of calories. And it should be somewhere close to, if it's beef jerky, about 0.16. Uh, but evaluate it to chicken breast. And you'll find that a lot of your beef jerkies are actually going to be like way lower, like into the 0.1 or even 0.75 area. Like Jack Link's awful. Um, other other like protein sticks, a lot of people are, are pissed to know this, but they'll go and they'll get like a Slim Jim thinking it's protein, but it's really like 70% fat. It's more akin to sausage than what it is uh, beef jerky. Um, so again, nerdy, but it's so very important. This This has helped me um, actually stay consistent with my tracking and achieve the goals, uh, that I've wanted to achieve because I take it this seriously. So guys, I've been talking a lot. Um, I was even going to record two episodes today cause I didn't think it would take me this long, uh, to get through them. But those are general, um, it's a lot of, a lot of information, but it's at the very least three years worth of learning, uh, on how to track and, uh, these are the things that have helped me uh, to stay consistent and to actually achieve those things. Last thing I'll get to is uh, zero calorie foods. Um, look at the zero sugar and the zero calorie foods. Uh, they're actually really good. Um, a lot of people make comments about how uh, they, they just don't know what they're talking about. But how and I was actually one of these people, by the way. But oh, well, these those people drink diet cokes and just as bad as you know, just as bad as regular Cokes, or you think you're, you're being healthy just because you're drinking a diet Coke. And there is some truth to that. You know, like if you're eating a 3000 calorie meal, but you decide to, you know, drink a diet Coke because you're healthy. Um, you know, like, (laughs) um, it's better than drinking a regular Coke, but, uh, for real guys, I, I drink diet Cokes, um, zero sugar Cokes. I have probably at least three a day. Um, just because it's something different than water. Now I still get my water in, uh, I still get my my gallon of water in, but I'll have three Frescas, uh, three Canada Dry, zero sugars, um, zero sugar Cokes. Uh, as long as it's got zero calories in it, you're good, guys. You're good. Um, I promise you're okay. Uh, even the 10 calories, like the energy drinks, stuff like that. Um, to talk about nutrition on a more broad level, um, these things are okay. And zero calories, fine. I promise like some things may have some scary chemicals in them. Um, most of that is all hyped up. I've not seen anything. I've done a lot of, as you can tell, I think about this a lot. Um, you're good to go. You're good to go. 
drink the diet sodas, you'll be okay. Um, a lot of people are like, well, they taste so much worse than the, no, they don't stop it. Um, I, you know, I'm sure if you're used to having a pound of sugar shoved into every Coke can that you've ever drank, that maybe the, the, the diet sugars are noticeable. Um, stop drinking them for like a month and then you'll go back and the zero sugars will taste amazing. Um, they'll taste fine. And once you really understand what you're doing to your body by putting all of that sugar into you and and increase spiking those calories um you'll really not want to drink the sugar the sugar drinks anymore and here i'll I'll even say this a lot of people will be like oh well sugar's killing you it's not the sugar that's the problem it's just the fact that you're eating way too many calories by intaking that um a lot of people will be like you know the sugar may rot your teeth i don't know i don't i don't care um but from a weight loss perspective um you could drink only Cokes and that'd be your only form of carbs. Like if you just eat protein and Cokes, you'd probably still be able to lose weight if you were under a certain amount of calories. I don't think the sugar is the problem, but the problem is it's the easiest way to take in a high, high amount of calories. I mean, you have three Cokes and that's like 600 calories or something. Um, I don't know how many calories are in a Coke, but I mean, I think in beer, um, I don't know if it's even close to beer, but uh, in beer, like, if, if they're 90 calories a beer or 100 calories a beer, um, I mean, that's insane. You have three beers and you're at 300, 400 calories. Um, it takes, so a, a formula I heard, I don't know if it's true, but uh, a formula I heard was that uh, it takes 3,500 calories to gain a pound of fat in seven days. So 3,500 calories, seven days, that's a pound of fat. That's 500 calories over your goal a day or 500 calories over your maintenance a day, which is probably... Um, if you go the opposite to burn fat, um, you know, if you're, if your goal is to, uh, lose fat and you're under, you're trying to be under your maintenance at 400 calories a day, uh, well, you have three Cokes and you've already, you're already back at your maintenance. You didn't lose any fat that day. If you do that every day, it gets rough. So, uh, zero sugar stuff is, you know, low calorie foods. I'm a big fan of, um, really, really big fan of that being said, doesn't demonize sugar. Sugar is what it is. Um, and a lot of people will say that as well. Well, you know, you're eating fruits and it's got sugar in it. Well, yeah, but less sugar. (laughs) And there's like actual like nutrients in fruits and I'm not eating 300 calories worth of strawberries in one sitting. So, uh, know what you're putting into your body. The zero sugar stuff is amazing. So I'll quit talking about it. We're at an hour 50. I appreciate you for listening. Uh, Hopefully this stuff helped you. I really hope it did. I hope it wasn't a waste of your time. Uh, Maybe you listened to it on 1.75 speed and you got through it really quick. But uh, this stuff is really important for me, guys. It was the only way to pull myself out of a hole uh, without using those programs that you hear everybody complain about. I have nothing against them. I said multiple times I think that they work, but... Um, nobody can come to me and be like, oh, you're just, you know, um, you're just some, uh, you just got into that multi-level marketing BS and, uh, you know, whatever it might be. Um, there, there's a, a negative connotation a lot of times to when somebody brings up like Herbalife or Weight Watchers or Jenny Craig or whatever, um, that maybe it wasn't earned or, uh, that I just bought into some gimmick and somehow it worked, um, I think those things do work. I think you can lose a lot of weight with those things, but this is how they do it. And I prefer to have the knowledge and to do it myself. It makes it a whole lot easier to start again. And honestly, I live a lot cheaper doing it this way because now I can factor in 
okay, I've hit my, my protein. I've hit my calories. How much has this been costing me? Um, and I can end up with a solution to where my nutrition is really, really dialed in. Um, it's, it's really dialed in and it doesn't, I, I spend way less money on food to be honest with you. Um, I spend way less money on food than I did and I eat way better. Uh, a lot of times that's not the case. If you go with one of these programs, it's going to be about the same amount of money that you're spending on food. Uh, but you're eating better. I spend less money and eat better. So, uh, that's all I've got for you guys. Next week, we're going to do physical fitness. I'm going to talk about, you've heard me talk about CrossFit a lot, but I'm going to dive a little bit deeper, uh, into some of the other things that I've done and talk about what I know, uh, about physical fitness and how it helps you lose weight and all of those things. Uh, and then I promise, I, I don't promise, but I'll probably be done with it guys. I'll probably set it down and we'll go back to the the purpose stuff. But I think this is important. And I think that, um, you need to be doing these things to fulfill your purpose, especially if you're overweight. I think it's very difficult uh, to fulfill your purpose to its fullest, uh, if you're overweight and if you're not treating yourself well. So that's why I've talked for so long on these matters and uh, I hope that you've enjoyed it. So thanks guys. And I'll see you next week.